2: outspoken with white and jordan hard-edged hard-nosed hard to beat where are you coming from in this one your 100 essential download jim white and simon jordan you let this get out of control outspoken with white and jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station talk sport Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White and today myself, Simon and Graham Souness asked if the pressure is mounting on Roy Hodgson as his Palace side were thrashed by Arsenal. Meantime, Ivan Toney made a goal-scoring return to Brentford but it didn't best please Nottingham Forest who have written to the Premier League to complain. Find out why shortly. Plus, Coventry City and Sheffield Wednesday have condemned racist abuse aimed at Casey Palmer. When the two clubs met over the weekend, we hear from Sheffield Wednesday captain Barry Bannon and Richard Offiong from Show Racism the Red Card. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Simon. We spoke about, um, what did I predict in the Bet MGM? I think three I said 3-1 Arsenal,
3: 3-1 yeah. Right. Uh, so,
2: the at the end of the day, Crystal Palace, it's fair to say, were the wrong end of a thumping. Um, and at the end of it, towards the end, there was, there was a moment when a couple of banners appeared in the Crystal Palace section uh, at the Emirates, wasted potential on and off the pitch, weak decisions taken us backwards, and then another one, no shared vision, no structured plan. Parish out, Yanks out. And Roy Hodgson was seen to stand in the technical area. I was just staring at them, staring at them. Hodgson spoke about it afterwards.
1: I think the one on Wednesday was, was understandable because they didn't, or wouldn't have been able to understand why we took Ezzie off the field. You know, they just thought I was probably making a strange decision to take Ezzie off the field and not somebody else. But we had our reasons for that. Today it's a different type of message, it's, it's quite a, a detailed one, it's, it's aimed at probably everybody in the club, it, it, it seemed. Uh, all I can say is I think they're totally entitled to their opinion in that respect. I do understand their frustration, even anger and disappointment that things haven't gone better. We can make our excuses, which we've been doing because certain things have worked against us during this period of time, but the bottom line is that if we're going to go forward and avoid relegation and 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 do well we need those fans with us and hopefully we can do our best to keep them on board and we can only do that by winning four matches and playing better than we than we did today
2: so that was roy Hodgson post-match simon uh, this is a club you won where are they at the moment crystal palace right now tell me they are 15th they've won five and 21 Mm -hmm. the message is coming out from the away end at the emirates Were they more directed not so much at Hodgson, but at the board, at the people that you sold to?
3: They use the term, sold loosely.
2: Um, (laughs) um,
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Of course they are. I mean, because Hodgson's in the dugout because they put him there. Um, And and it's directed at everybody. It's directed at the the, the way the team are playing. It's directed at the style of football. Um, It's directed at the fans' perception of what they think they're entitled to after being 10 years in the Premier League. It's directed at... Um, the perceived lack of ambition. It's directed at the, the idea that, that our rivals will be at laughable rivals in terms of geography. Brighton seem to be everyone's poster boy for how to run a football club, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I'm, you know, I'm not averse to picking up a cudgel and smashing it around Steve Parrish's head, um, <laughs> but let's be clear. You know, the football club in 1920, 21, 2021, 2022, has lost over 120 million quid. So someone's propping that up then, right? their financial affairs in 22, 23, I shouldn't imagine would be much better, and they should just be, be probably just be underneath financial fair play. That's the reality of the circumstances. When you start unfurling banners about parish out and Yanks out, out to whom, and who's going to replace them, and to what end? I'm not suggesting that this is something that the fans should be appreciative of. I'm not suggesting that Roy Hodgson's appointment for another season, when he came in and did a decent job fixing the challenges that Patrick Vieira left... Was a brave decision. I've said it was an uninspiring decision, not because I don't like Roy, and not because I don't admire him as a football man. I don't admire his brand of football. Uh, I think he's done very well at lots of football clubs that haven't that have got lesser expectations because it doesn't put the pressure
2: on. When he was at England, I think he was uninspiring. When he was at Liverpool, he was uninspiring. When yeah, he was at Man Milan he was uninspiring. You've always pushed back in the, uh, on the on the the idea, and I pushed it that Crystal Palace is a football club that's treading water. The fans think that. Quite clearly they think that. treading water. well, Well, they can
3: tread in a puddle in a championship if they want,
2: if that's better. The bottom
3: line is, is that they're in the Premier League. I owned that football club for 10, 11 years, and Ron Nodes owned it for 25 years. And we would have broken our arms off at the shoulders to have kept that team in the Premier League for 10 years. Now, you've got to give credit where credit's due. And football fans in this day and age are entitled to have their view, and that's the nature of the beast. And you can't sit there during COVID and say, well, one thing we miss is fans, and when we get them back in, we don't want to hear their opinions. It's the style of football that I concur with them about. I I don't think it was an inspired decision to bring Roy back in. But they've made that decision, and I don't think it's particularly clever that they are shouting out a board and Parrish. But that's what football fans do. It goes with the territory. Who are you going to replace them with? Who's going to pick up that £120 million of losses they did in the last two or three seasons? You lot? You lot are, are you? That's what you're going to do, are you? So I'm a Crystal Palace fan. I've always loved the Palace fans. I enjoyed a very good relationship over the 10, 11 years that I was there. And I don't like Parrish. And I do think he's lucky. And I do think he built a business off the back of a platform that I built. But that's all my bit of vitriol. Let's be fair about it. The fact of the matter is this is a moment in time. Palace have danced this dance many times before about being 15th in the league at this time of the season and they sail away from it. What is it you expect them to do? Do you expect them to be able to... uh, I mean, and Friedman uh, repeatedly, and I'm a fan of Dougie Friedman's, has made good decisions in the transfer market. Now, I know that everyone's up for grabs right now. Hodgson's a waste of time. Parrish is a loser. Dougie Friedman's made bad decisions. You know, is it to be admired with due respect to Tony Bloom and you make this case about how wonderful they are I was just Tony, about to Tony Bloom's 400 million in the hole yeah. oh well done fantastic It put you know great that you've built that football club back but not everybody wants to do it that way and, and and I would suggest that the main issue needs to be about the style of play
2: and even that even that to me kind of irks me a little bit
3: because I'm a you, pragmatist uh,
1: I,
2: you brought them up so I'll bring it up Brighton Palace, palace fans would love to be a Brighton moment in time Let's see how they're doing in France. Brighton are smashing it in Europe at the moment. Palace fans would love to be in Europe at the moment. They've
4: got a benefactor that is prepared to put his hand in his pocket big time. And where where they've done remarkably well, Brighton, is they've gone to non established, I say that with all due respect, non established countries in in South America and Central America and pool players out. Palace should have done that
2: though.
1: There's no argument with Palace. You, Palace, but
2: you, Palace could have done that, yeah. couldn't they? I've got they right. could have done that. Ashworth I, was the Are you saying that. there's no buyer for Palace out there? No, there'll
3: be a buyer for Palace. Of course Palace. there would be. be. It depends on what price is out there for, and depends what people think it's worth. And you can argue about Texter. Oh well, Texter put loads of money in, yeah, and then look at what Texter wanted to do. I'm not having this argument that the, the Premier League club should be able to transfer clubs between connected players. I want that in the. Oh, you do, do you? You're an American that wants to be able to cross-pollinate between players so that we can ignore the governance of the game and find a way round. But I'm confused by your message this morning. What is your message to Palace fans? Put your banners away. My message to Palace fans is, is I don't know, I don't have a message for Palace fans. It's not my job to impart a message to Palace fans. My opinion on the well, message... Well, it sounds like it. suck it up. No, my opinion is to be to be pragmatic in your view because the alternative is, yeah, I get the dynamic around Roy... <laughs> I get it, and maybe change them at the end of the season. Simon, and get them more progressive. With thinking all due mode. respect. And that will be awesome. And I know what
2: you did. And and we know what you did over a decade. But those Palace fans were there on Saturday. You're not. They're paying the good money. You're not. You've already done that in a huge way, I guarantee. And you're to their opinion. But, but, but they are in and amongst
3: but it. But inti- they're entitled to their opinion. But you're asking me what my view on it is, right? And my view on it is they're entitled to their opinion. But the reality of it is if you start it's very easy to pull things apart. It's much more easier to suggest solutions. Okay, will Steve Cooper in? All right? Will whoever you think it is next. And when he doesn't work out, point point your finger at everybody else besides the reality of certain players not performing. And and, and there is of course, of course, it's e- it's really easy for me to jump on a bandwagon. There's nothing more that I'd like to do is give Steve Paris a cat and nine tails. But I'm also not an inequitable person. And I think that most Palace fans will look at it and say, we want to see a better brand of football. We want to see if you'll get more games being won. But look at the most recent run of form. Right. It hasn't been that bloody bad. The
2: football might not be great, but it hasn't been that bad. Well, don't faint when I say this, but if you were Parish, <laughs> would you have Roy stay in charge until the end of the season? Um, if... It's very difficult for me to answer no, that question. That, no, that's it's not. Um, because I'm not, you know, I'm not Roger Simon. long lost
3: son, which is what Steve Parrish is. <laughs> but I am, I am, I am. If I you were have, in charge right well, now. Well, I wouldn't have kept Roy on for the season. So you're asking me a question that I wouldn't have been at the beginning would, of. Okay, would you have gone back, go back here, would you have employed him to keep you up? Um, I don't know the answer to that. Because I don't, I mean, what I understand well, the malaise was, was that Patrick think, and his coaching think, staff had lost everybody.
4: Right? I think it was a common sense approach from past a year, a year ago. So, yeah, bring Roy back. Roy knows his way around that football club. Knows his way around football. Um, I I think he's, he's suffering because he had. Palace have a squad of players that need to have the best players fit. We, we mentioned David Moyes earlier. Mm. You know, a manager's job is to manage the situation week by week, injury by injury, and you have to have your best players available to you every week in the Premier League. That that is a priority. That that is the reality of it for for these clubs that can not yeah. carry the big expensive squads. And I think Roy suffered because I'll oh, go back. Wilfred Zaha going for a start, and then some of his key players. He's he's more creative goal scorers have been out injured. Yeah, I I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be critical. Of Roy, I mean, I, it, I think it's a safe pair of hands, and I believe with that group of players, they they will survive. Where I would be slightly critical. Would you Would you subscribe to this though? The longer you're in the Premier League, the further you for a club like Palace, the further you should get away from the threat of relegation. Yeah. I agree with that. that yes. That, that's, that, I always But they are not have really a spend, good point. But they're not I always feel that. Well, go- there's the criticism that goes back to the board. That, not, that area. That's well, what goes back to, to the well, board like then,
3: other, not Roy. Well, like, well, other people should be miles away from that area. Like Everton should be miles away from that area. Let's have that ah. argument. Put us right no, the fact. No, but fun. look at, look no, at, no, look no,
2: at no, the performance. You brought Brighton up, I didn't. Look at the performance of the two boards. Brighton no, no, recruited Basuma and McAllister before Dan Ashworth arrived. Fantastic. And currently, Brighton are on Vogue. And currently they are.
3: So Palace go and play Brighton recently, draw one all. They've got a Man City, for Christ's sakes, and get a 2 all draw up there. They get marginally done by Liverpool. They've beaten Brentford. Now, oh, yeah, they were bang average Brentford, but they still and, beat them. And,
4: right? the, and they've come back so to a refreshed not... Arsenal who have been away in the sunshine. Yeah. But they've still been to the cold face, Palace. What do people want? Roy, Roy knows his way. Roy will keep you up. And then from the end of the season... Then change it then change it then i mean i don't i'm
2: mean, so, uh, so absolutely tread water until well, the end the season. Tre- that's
3: what we so what was the expectation what do you mean tread water
2: survive staying yeah. in the premier league that's that's let, let roy take it to the end of the season yeah, and if you can get the best you will survive listening to this Charlotte, what next weekend is all important and next weekend they play sheffield united what happens if sheffield united get a win pressure gets bigger the pressure again.
3: Gets where, where i when are The pressure be. builds like, you
2: know, like journalists
3: will ask Roy Hodgson a ridiculous question what do you think about the board well that's not my job to answer that question ask the board well done you Roy I actually felt well done you for saying that but the bottom line is is that he's he's in a situation where the Palace fans liked the style of football that he played at the beginning at the middle of last season because he picked up a group of players that had Wilfred Czar in it had Eze in it everyone was at it they were going on a different way and now the, the, the wheels have come off Palace will not get relegated Palace will stay in I, the I, Premier I'm League I'm saying
4: that i tell you what I was disappointed in the first goal I can see at the weekend, Gabriel, All over the young defender. defender. Yeah, Richards. Mm. No one complained. Yeah, Yeah. no one. The player who was fouled didn't complain. Yeah, none of the other players on the pitch complained. You know, everyone's looking for that edge. Everyone's looking to plant a seed with the referee for the next corner, the next Mm. free kick that comes Mm. into the box. None of them complained. Well, that's not what I want from my players.
5: You're 100% essential, down, outspoken
2: with White and Jordan. Ivan Tony's doing it all again, Graham. He came back at the weekend for Brentford after that long layoff, eight months out for the uh, ban on for betting breaches. Came back with the armband and Brentford sought off Nottingham Forest somewhat controversially by three goals to two. Um, was it written in the stars that Tony would come back and be the star man? Griff? Well, he'd be the story. He'd, he'd,
4: yeah, and the way he got his goal would um, obviously grab the the headlines. Headlines anywhere in any game. Um, Yeah,
2: yeah. You want my view on that? Well, I'm glad you've taken me to it because Nottingham Forest have complained about this. What did he do? Ivan Tony scored from a free kick, but as he readied himself to take the free kick, he moved not only the ball, but the referee's foam that they put in the crowd a foot or so to the right, before then taking a low free kick around the wall, which ended up in the back of the net. Twice He did it. Nuno, the Nottingham Forest uh, manager, said, "We ain't having that." Well, we all here in the room saw so that is a ball displacement, and uh, the law is clear. Every go, every situation, every goal must be checked, and every situation that leads to a goal must be checked. They didn't I don't know if they didn't check or not, but it's a ball displacement. So you, you all agree with me, no? Well, were you surprised that your your players did not complain at all? Yeah. So right in front of them. Yeah. That also, that also to, uh, I think we've, we have to be a little bit more mature in that situation, not allow the ball, because it changes the, the position of the wall, and then it's a soft ball, nobody understands, everybody f- thinks that is a, a mistake of, of, the, of the wall uh, and the position, but there's a clear ball displacement, not only inches, it's, it's, it's a yard almost so graham it's my understanding it's not var's position to get involved in this the referee says to his assistant right you watch the ball because i'm going to look at the wall and the referee goes up and looks at the wall makes sure that everything is in order there while he's doing that he's got another set of eyes an official's eyes on the ball literally but that wasn't the case clearly what does he need to
4: go to the the wall for it's a line on the ground that they have to stay behind
2: well, so that you lot in the wall don't steal a march yeah, by going forward, go which you told me you before we came and, on here, you regularly used to do. Yeah, it.
4: yeah but you don't have to go and speak to them now. I mean, when I played, there was no foam marking on the pitch. I mean, OK, let's cut to what happened. Right. If you're a Brentford supporter, Brentford player, how cute and clever has Ivan Tony been? If you're a Forest supporter, so, Forrest, he's cheated. He's moved the ball twice. OK, he's pushing his luck. Everyone does that, every player does that, and every game of football they play
2: it in one way or another. So if you're game so, soon as live and talk sport, what is the view?
4: So I'm gonna get where my where my um Pat Tony on the back for his, his cuteness and um, Ingenuity. speed of thought. Mm-hmm. Pat him on the back for that. Um we didn't have to bend the ball. And this is where my problem <laughs> is passed in the back of net. Just passed it into the net. So my problem is with with everyone in that wall. And what, the guy who speaks, what, you line up a wall and it's generally the second one in from the end that speaks to the goalkeeper. So he doesn't look at the ball. Everyone's looking at the ball to make sure there's no quick things happening. The second one from the end is speaking to the goalkeeper and he's pushing and pulling the rest in the wall. So that didn't happen correctly. And then you've got the guy on the end of the wall must think, he must look over his left shoulder at the weekend and go, oh yeah, that's a big gap for him to hit. And then you've got hudson die. <laughs> Who's like two yards off, with nobody on the outside of him? Why does he not join the wall? And when the ball struck, not with any real force, he's dangling his right leg. Oh, don't hit my leg; it might hurt. Just flicks his boot. It like just waves a leg at it. Yeah. So the real, my real criticism is not for Tony. The real criticism, criticism is for the defenders and the goalkeeper in that situation for Forest. They they need to have, they need to work on that. No, that's putting it politely.
2: So you think there's real cute opportunism yeah, on the part of yeah, Tony. But,
4: but, but that's a that's a professional game at the highest level. You're looking for small margins all the time. You know, you I'm gonna say all the vast majority of players cheat every game they play now, anyway, by trying to buy fouls. <laughs> exactly. By try- by trying to when was the last the time a free
3: kick was taken from the right spots? When was the last time that you had the, the ball? I mean, I mean if players have moved from putting the ball inside the diagonal on a corner to actually only touching a tiny little bit of the. Hang on, 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 on when have job. we
2: ever seen a player on the pitch move the foam?
3: Well, because we've only had phone for a period of time, <laughs> I anyway mean, So we can't on. We can't go back and look about what we've done historically because phone's only been around for two or three years. Yeah, I mean like, Graham, are you
4: in the camp that goalkeepers should always be able to see the ball from a free kick? No, but what what you're you're setting up so the goalkeeper is setting a wall because he can't be he can't be on both sides of the goal. He's setting the wall up knowing nothing can go through that because that's a solid block. I mean I can back it Tony didn't have to bend the ball. No, he just, he just passed, passed it. it into the yeah. net. So, surely, if you're a defender in that situation, and that will not have been his first rodeo, that last defender, he must see where he is. He must get his bearings. He's looking at the ball. He's looking over his left shoulder. That's a hell of a gap. Well, this is
3: the observation and, and it, that Lily just made. Clear clear game,
2: how dare players or ex players, sorry, mate, but this is coming, criticise officials when this is the attitude? But officials are players aware. Players cheat all the time. Officials, They'll do anything because it's clever and it's cute. But what Tony the, did.
4: What, what do I advocate for? At every opportunity, get ex-players involved with the referees. That is a professional game. I assume it's the professional, the, the way in every professional sport, people are always looking to, you know, push the boundaries. And players have always done it. And Tony did that. And fair play to him. You know, he gets a goal. I'm just amazed that we're talking about the Premier League and a goal being scored like that because you have to think. The players are better but and that, but when that it comes was to what
3: defending. he was saying I think Nunes was saying about the maturity which is the Forest Cup players seeing what's going on being switched on and doing something about challenging what Tony <laughs> no. was doing right. you talk about the officials and I'm always on the camp of supporting the officials against the endless simulation and, and uh, adjusting of the opportunity by the players but you've just made the description which is two people had two jobs the linesman had the job to to watch the ball and mm-hmm. the referee had the watch so what mm-hmm. the linesman do his job? that's a very
2: good point that's the end of the discussion <laughs> but <laughs> But your your argument, Graham, is it's part of the players' role to kind of push the envelope. Push the yeah, envelope. Every opportunity. Take it to, to the break. And, and the referees, this was the cutest the, of the cute on Tony's part. Referees
4: don't understand the Don't understand the finer points. They know the rulebook from first page to the last. You know, going back to to what we're talking no, about. No, in
2: some cases the referees don't under, don't appreciate don't or recognise cheating.
4: Yeah, they just don't, they're just not aware of it. It's, it's nothing to do not, with the game. They, they, when you I can watch a game from the stand and watch two players colliding from 50 yards away I can tell you who's committed the foul they can't they can't you know go back to Calvert-Loon the other day where he gets sent off that was not a sending off yeah, it might help if the player didn't roll around like it had been no, shot but, that, that, right? that's, but that's another, that's another okay. form of cheating but we're all, we're, we're, so I think everyone in this room right.
3: would be more than happy if you're going to advocate for more players <laughs> being involved in it let's have a big long list of players that want to do that <laughs> and we'd be all happy to see it all being trained up to be referees or be VAR officials and everyone would be delighted no one would resist it because we'd see it as a solution and it's got nothing to do with understanding the game in a challenge perspective in this perspective this has got everything to do with diligence it's got nothing to do with understanding the mm. game if a player moves a ball from where it should be kicked it doesn't take an official of any competence to go move but it back
4: i don't understand why the official has to tell the linesman to watch what they're doing with the ball because i'm going to go up and speak to. because he's yeah. up at the a wall minute, let's, let's sure go through a are, sequence let's let's look, go through a sequence fouls given the referee that's where the foul is is he marked where the foul? Right. is then he takes 10 strides and he puts another line down. he's
2: put the form down then he's right. up at the wall right so then but he says he's he's so, official. He's linesman.
4: He doesn't have to walk up to him and and turn his back completely on on where the ball is. He can be seeing both things. But
2: you and I, the wall are too clever as well.
4: Let me, me you, are try trying it. to steal there's a march a ma- in the wall. But but that's where that's where they don't understand the finer points of the game because they've never played it. So you, at so the so you want to be
2: free to be a
3: swivel headed nincompoop? Like, <laughs> no, I just, he's I just Wimbledon I, is he. I, I,
4: um, you are prone to exaggeration, occasionally. No. Let me explain how it works. So the free kick is here, Where? and the wall is there. What's happening if you just stand here, so you can actually see both?
2: So, or oh, so his head, as Simon says, turns like
4: hardly one eighty. So you just have to look at that straight on. And you see the ball, the and you the see exorcist. the wall. But it reminds me, as we were talking, reminds me. Of, you know, I, I worked for a guy called Ronnie Moran, who was the biggest influence on my career. And what he used to say when the ball goes dead, look for the dope. Look for the dope. Look for the dope. There's a dope on opposition. Someone will go to sleep.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, Things just flow, wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Graham is with me, Graham Soonis, and so too Simon, of course. As again not for the first time we have to dwell on a story we would rather not dwell upon but it happened here at the weekend and it also happened in Italy in Italy Udinese were playing AC Milan and the AC Milan players walked off after goalkeeper Mike Magnon reported monkey noises made in his direction. The game was held up for 10 minutes. The goalkeeper was hugely offended by what he experienced on the field of play here at Hillsborough. Sheffield Wednesday in the Championship were up against Coventry City and Coventry City's Casey Palmer, allegedly subjected to racist gestures from members of the crowd on the field of play. He was subjected to this, and of course, he complained to the match official about it. Now, in a moment, Graham, myself and Simon are going to be joined by Richard Offion of Show Racism the Red Card. Before that, and before we came on air this morning, Sheffield Wednesday captain Barry Bannon agreed to speak to me about that moment towards the very end of the game between Sheffield Wednesday and Coventry when Casey Palmer was allegedly subjected to the racist gestures. This is Barry Bannon just a
6: short time ago. It was obviously a bad, bad moment at the weekend for the club. I think it was in the 94th minute or so, in extra time. I think they've won a corner and Casey's went to get the ball, obviously, over by the, the fans and comes running back onto the pitch and he's obviously angered by whatever's being said or done. So he's alerted the ref and as players are moving over towards the action and what Casey's saying, and obviously at first, because if you weren't at the game, there was a bit of back and forth the whole game where crowd and Casey, just football banter, which happens in games. As players at the first, we obviously thought that it was just another part of that of what was going on through the game but as you get over and you see Casey's visibly obviously shook and very angry which you would be if that's happened and um, as I get there I can see that more and more the closer I get there what what's actually happened because Casey's then obviously doing the gesture of what he's received from the fans so that's when I try to then step in and, and help and I'm asking Casey but there must be a a thousand things going through his head at that time, so he's obviously shook. So I'm asking him, What do you know who it is? Pointing them out because we could obviously deal with it there and then and get probably the police or something to act on it if he could point them out. Because at the end of the game, the stadium was empty, and so I think when you look behind the goals, that like you could, you could point them out and probably get it dealt with there and then. But the ref obviously was acting on it there and then as well, and then it just became a bit of a, it was at the end of the game, so it was like. If it maybe been earlier, we could have probably dealt with a scene seen where they walked in. So that could have been probably a, a thing to do. But I think a few of the commentary lads came over and I was speaking to them and they, because the game was nearly finished, I think it was 94th minute, probably 30 odd seconds left. Some of their boys were saying it's been reported, just finish the game. And then I, they'll wait then. So obviously it should never happen. And me as the Sheffield Lenzi Wednesday club captain was disgusted that it's come from our supporters and Hopefully, um, the fan gets everything
2: that he deserves. Yes, I was going to say, I know what the captaincy of Sheffield Wednesday means to you, Barry, because you're a proud man. I mean, are you hugely offended that it's allegedly a a small section uh, of Sheffield Wednesday fans or maybe one fan or whatever who's involved here?
6: Yeah, of course. um, You don't want to see anything like that, especially when you're lovely as well. So... It's just one stupid individual, I mean, that doesn't make up for the rest of the Sheffield Wednesday fans, they're a great um, fan base, but you do get stupid individuals that do things like this um, and it kind of drags the club and the club supporters and the club name under with them.
2: Barry, you mentioned there was another incidence of it in um, Italy with AC Milan's goalkeeper FIFA have come forward they've suggested going forward automatic forfeits should represent a punishment for a club whose fans are allegedly guilty here what do you think of that?
6: Well, something's really happened because whatever's happening at the minute it's not working because we've, we've done the knee we've done, we've done the shot we do the shots before games and stuff and it's still happening. It should be happening in this day and age. Not just football and society. It's it's wrong. Um, so if that's the sanction, then if it's going to stop it, then so be it. That's what should happen.
2: Oh, was Sheffield Wednesday Captain Barry Bannon Speaking to me A short time ago And as we said In the introduction This also took place In Italy over the weekend As well Involving the AC Milan Goalkeeper Mike Magnon um, Show racism Show racism The red card Official Richard Ophian, uh Joins us live In the show Richard good afternoon To you Simon's with me So too is Graham. We're getting into 2024 We're well into January In 2024 Richard Are you surprised We're even still Talking about this?
5: I would like to say I'm surprised, Um, sadly or not. It's a mirror image of what's happening in society, sadly. Um, It's not just a football problem. It is definitely a societal problem. But with the high-profile nature of football, if if something like this does happen in football, it gets more people talking. So with that being said, if more people are talking about it because it's happening in football, maybe they can have a knock-on effect so that it's no longer as prominent in society as well going forward.
2: The, the the AC Milan players walked off and, and Barry Bannon, the Sheffield Wednesday captain, alluded to that. I mean, is it is it going to come to the bit that we might see that here? This happened very late on in the Sheffield Wednesday game, uh, Richard. And as you heard from Barry, it, it might have been a couple of individuals. It might just have been one fan who lost the plot for a moment. We don't know. But the fact is, if it was even one fan, it's one too many, right?
5: Absolutely. one One is one too many. And... You know, this is a place, these players, it's their place of work. They go there to play football and entertain. And like what Barry said before, a bit of banter with fans, that's absolutely fine. But we all know when there's a, a line that's been crossed, racial abuse, whether it's homophobic, sexist, it's un, unacceptable. So, um, yeah, whether it's one, whether it's a section, whether it's a whole stadium, it's not enough. It's too much, sorry. And, um, you know, the players shouldn't have to put up with it. We've heard people say, um, certain people live with high... Profile voices saying, "We can just ignore it. Just ignore it. Don't let them win. Don't let them win. We've been doing this for years. People have been trying to ignore this for years, trying to get on. So clearly, more drastic measures need to be taken. So that whether it is um, taking um, players off off the pitch um, because it's unacceptable, maybe that needs to that needs to be the stage and big sanctions to the clubs that have there that, that where this occurs.
2: Who who do you think is still trying to ignore it, Richard?" I mean, we, we're we not ignoring it, clearly. Um, God, Infantino of FIFA is not ignoring it. Barry Bannon wasn't ignoring it. Who, who's ignoring it?
5: Well, people are, you know, some people want to put their head in the sand. They try to minimise the impact. Maybe they can minimise the effect that it could have. Just rise above it, you know. It's just a bit of banter. It's not that serious, but it is serious. Um, and what um, organisations like TalkSword do by highlighting this, this can, its a, with such a big reach, it can maybe get the message of anti-racism and inclusivity to the masses. And that's why we can't be silent. We can't be silent. We can't let this continue, whether it's on the pitch, whether it's in any other place of work. If you took this in any other place of work, people hurling abuse at you while while you're doing your job, whether it's in corporate, whether it's the supermarket, you would find it unacceptable and we can't, Um, We can't excuse this just because it's uh, professional football and players get paid a lot of money to do this.
2: I mean, Infantino, stay with us on the line. Incidentally, Richard, thank you for that. Infantino, Simon, I think is alluding to the the situation in Italy, Mm. the AC Milan game when uh, Mike Mannion. Um, walked off the field of play was actually up the tunnel for a spell so the game was held up for 10 minutes and Gianni Infantino has called for harsher penalties including automatic forfeits against teams whose fans commit racist abuse yeah. and there's Darren, one of our listeners Darren's a regular contributor morning to you Darren you simply can't forfeit the game or dock points for a handful of idiots how's that fair for the majority around the ground who are not morons? like the minority who are
3: yeah I mean I don't think um, anyone's ignoring it I think it's about what you can do to uh, uh, readdress it we are talking about a societal problem it's not a football problem it's a societal problem yeah, as Rich and, it, said. and it exists on both sides of the divide I might yeah. add as well Um the supermarket analogy is an interesting one because if you're seeking to consequent the clubs for an individual fan's behaviour, you wouldn't expect Marks and Spencers to have the Office of Fair Trading come in and find them because uh, someone was abusive inside their stores You'd expect Marks and Spencers to throw that particular person out and ban them for life, and that's what you'd expect football clubs to do. I don't think anybody. There is ignorance in society, and very rarely can you eradicate total ignorance. What you can do is show a zero-tolerance policy to it. So which part of football... We cannot make the argument that football and football clubs and people inside football are racist. So we have to make the argument, where where is the racism? It's amongst the fans. So what can clubs do about that? They can adopt a zero-tolerance policy. They can do their very level best to make sure that these people are removed from football stadia and banned as a matter of course. And if that needs to be tightened up, it needs to be tightened up. There is no shortage, even back in my day... Of, of a lack of tolerance towards it and, 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 a, and, a, and a complete and utter reaction to it. So I think we have to get the balance right. If we're now moving into the territory of, saying collective punishment, one individual can make a completely unnecessary and obscene and offensive gesture, and that means the other 30,000 fans inside the stadium can be consequenced as a result of it. I'm not entirely sure. Unless you're going to say to me what you would expect the clubs to do, to be thought police to be able to read the minds of people coming into football stadia. If you expect every single seat inside the stadium to have a digital footprint so you can identify specifically and explicitly who sat in that Mm, seat mm. so that you can remove it. If football Mm.
2: isn't doing its job, then you can make that observation. Well, Richard, it's a good point Simon makes. Where where our show Racism, the red card, regards what football is doing or maybe more more appropriately what, what football is not doing in this area?
5: Well, what I'd say is um, similar to what uh, Simon mentioned before. Are their anti-racism policies stringent enough? Is the reporting mechanism stringent enough? Is there diverse representation with regards to in the structure of um, these football clubs so that they're doing everything they can to make sure that um, these events don't happen? Like what Simon says, though, it is very difficult. If somebody's going to be an idiot, they're going to be an idiot. We can't control that. But what we can do, we can and um, make sure that the reporting is well, uh, is, is um, stringent enough. And also education as well. Education for coaches, players, staff, um, stewards, so that they're aware of uh, the impact and the seriousness, seriousness of um, racism. So that's what we can do in a perfect world. We could just click our fingers and nobody would be racist or abusive. That doesn't work. But what we can do is make sure that we can minimize the impact that these um, minority of few do have.
3: It's an interesting observation to, 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 to zone in on the diversity argument, because that argument will have already been ultimately embraced by the representation on the pitch because you have a diversity conversation going on there where we've already got the statistics that are used in one argument to advance the failings of football clubs to employ black managers when you've got 43% of the players on the field are from black and minority ethnic communities. So we've already got the diversity argument. I want diversity in every sport. I want diversity of thought, but I want it to be driven by talent, not driven by diversity just because it's diversity at its centre.
2: Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, Richard, on this specifically, we'll show racism. The Red Can't Be Having Conversations with Sheffield Wednesday. I thought Barry Bannon did ever so well speaking about this, coming to here today and speaking on TalkSport. I mean, there's a willingness to talk about it, but what we need are hard and fast steps to, to eliminate it. As difficult as that is.
5: Definitely. Um, we actually done an event with um, Sheffield uh, Wednesday just before the christmas break mm. so they're very proactive in their um anti-racism uh stance uh we done work with the local kids in the community they came in and uh, some players came along and t- and spoke very eloquently and you know it's again the actions of a few do not represent the the, the many so yeah um, and they of course and have had most in so recent many-
3: times a black manager
5: yeah yes true yeah yeah definitely yeah so it's de- it's definitely not the case where this isn't a Sheffield Wednesday problem it's definitely not it's a societal problem and in society we do have people that act in ways that they shouldn't it's about educating others so that, that sure. maybe others don't fall down into that path and you know reporting and you know making sure that anti-racism policies are stringent as possible it's
3: about it's more to the point Richard it's not about educating sometimes with imbeciles you can't educate them what you can just do yeah. is consequence them and get mm-hmm. rid of them mm-hmm. And yeah. then people get educated it's, by association because they see the consequences of people's you, behaviour. You
4: there, there are idiots out there, uneducated people. It only takes one.
6: Mm.
4: And we're, we're now talking about and we're it. Talking Bart, about Barry it. alluded to, he mentioned one fan. Now If it was one fan, for me, self govern That you've got an idiot in, in the crowd who goes down that, that road. Everybody around about them should point him out to a policeman or someone that Assured, will yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Get, them out, Absolutely. get him out, identify him, and then yeah. enforce a life ban on on him at every
5: football ground in the country. You're 100% essential. Down, outspoken with White and
2: Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five star review wherever you get your podcast from. We're back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show.
6: This message comes from B O F sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Visit ebay.com for terms. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it?
2: Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do.
6: Join me, journalist Becca Hudson.
2: And me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix.
6: From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation.
3: And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of
5: Howard Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.